Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She's our Florida State Senate President. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Glass Government. He'll be with us as well. And it is September the 5th, and on this day in 1774, in response to the British Parliament's enactment of the Coercive Acts in the American colonies, the first session of the Continental Congress convened at Carpenter's Hall in Philadelphia. Fifty-six delegates from all colonies except Georgia drafted the Declaration of Rights and Grievances and elected Virginia Peyton Brandolph, as well as uh, first president of Congress. Pa- uh, Patrick Henry, George Washington, John Adams, and John Jay were among the delegates. The first major American opposition to British policy came in 1765 after Parliament passed the Stamp Act, a taxation measure designed to raise revenues for a standing British army in America. Under the argument of no taxation without representation, colonists convened the Stamp Act Congress in October 1765 to vocalize their opposition to the tax. With its enactment in November, most colonists called for a boycott of British goods, and some organized attacks on the uh, custom houses and homes of tax collectors. After months of protest in the colonies, Parliament voted to repeal the Stamp Act in March 1766. Most colonists continued to quietly accept British rule until Parliament's enactment of the Tea Act in 1773, a bill designed to save the faltering East India Company by greatly lowering its tea tax and granting it a monopoly on the Indian or American tea trade. The low tax allowed the Indian uh, company, East India Company to undercut even tea smuggled in for, to America by Dutch traders, and many colonists viewed the act as another example of taxation tyranny. <clears throat> in response, militant patriots in Massachusetts organized the Boston Tea Party, which saw the British tea valued at some 18,000 pounds dumped into the Boston Harbor. Parliament, outraged by the Boston Tea Party and other blatant acts of destruction of British property, enacted the Coercive Acts, also known as the Intolerable Acts, in 1774. The Coercive Acts uh, closed Boston to merchant shipping, established formal British military rule in Massachusetts, made British officials immune to criminal prosecution in America, and required colonists to quarter British troops. The colonists subsequently called the first Continental Congress to consider United American resistance to the British. With the other colonies watching intently, Massachusetts led the resistance to the British, forming a shadow revolutionary government and establishing militias to resist the increasing British military presence across the colony. In April 1775, Thomas Gage, the British governor of Massachusetts, ordered British troops to march to Concord, Massachusetts, where a Patriot arsenal was known to be located. On April 19, 1775, the British regulars encountered a group of American militiamen at Lexington, and the first shots of the American Revolution were fired. The shots heard around the world. 
Uh, more than a year later, on July the 4th, 1776, the Second Continental Congress officially adopted the Declaration of Independence. Five years later, in October 1781, British General Charles Lord Cornwallis surrendered to American and French forces at Yorktown, bringing to an end the last major battle of the Revolution. With the signing of the Treaty of Paris with Britain in 1783, the United States formally became a free and independent nation. Just think of the span of time there, 1774 to 1765, uh, I should say, to uh, 1783. <clears throat> it was an overnight event. Uh, the struggle for freedom uh, was heroic here in the United States. Well, the 24-7 grind of the White House has been anything but for President Biden, who devoted more days to downtime than any other recent predecessor. That, according to analysis, the uh, Labor Day weekend, Biden once again plans to be 10 toes up in Rehoboth Beach uh, summer home after a short trip to Florida to view the hurricane Adelia's uh, wreckage. As of Sunday, Biden has spent all of 382 days of his presidency out of 957 days, or 40%, on personal overnight trips away from the White House, putting him on pace to become America's most idle commander-in-chief. Uh, unbelievable. He still can't find the time to visit East Palestine in Ohio after the train wreckage and the uh, spill that uh, destroyed their environment there. And uh, no, he, he hasn't found time. <clears throat> and by the way, despite being vaccinated twice, boosted, First Lady Jill Biden tested positive Monday for COVID-19. That, according to the White House, Jill Biden is fully vaccinated along with having two booster shots. This is her second time having COVID-19. The White House said the president so far hasn't tested negative, has, has tested negative and hasn't had uh, the virus <clears throat> speaks volumes, doesn't it, about the effectiveness of the of the vaccines? Again, I'm no doctor, <clears throat> no scientist, but a lot of evidence suggests that they just don't work. There's more hazard th than uh, benefit from the vaccines. Speak to your medical professional, by the way. Don't take my advice for it, but uh, there's some real concern there. President Joe Biden used his Labor Day address to attack his predecessor, Donald Trump, by claiming the famed real estate mogul didn't build a damn thing. Oh, you know what? You could take Joe's word for it. He never lies. Speaking in the swing state of Pennsylvania, a heavy working class, uh, working class state, during a Labor Day rally, President Biden said that infrastructure became a punchline under Biden or under Trump. Guess what? The great real estate builder, the last guy here, he didn't build a damn thing, Biden said. Under my predecessor, Infrastructure Week became a punchline. On my watch, infrastructure means a decade, and it's a headline. I'm not kidding. He really said that. Biden even went so far as to say that Trump uh, exported jobs to China, even though the former president took a firm stance against exporting jobs to foreign countries during his presidency, especially during the 2016 campaign against Hillary Clinton. The former president also imposed tariffs on Chinese goods. He also uh, championed the passage of the tax reform, which, uh, of course, it, uh, lowered corporate taxes and made the United States uh, boundaries a lot more appealing to uh, corporations to move back to the United States. Uh, when the last guy was here, you could uh, you were shipping jobs to China. Now we're bringing jobs home from China, Biden's acclaimed. Uh, when the last guy was here, your pensions were at risk. We helped save millions of pensions with your help. When the last guy was here, he was looking at the world from Park Avenue. I'm looking at it from Scranton, PA. 
I, I, I look at it from Claymont, Delaware. Not a joke, he said. Yet it is a joke. It's all a joke. It's all a lie. That's Biden. <clears throat> it should be also noted that Biden criticized the former president's decision to shut down travel from China during the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. We're in the midst of a crisis with the coronavirus. We need to lead the way with science, not Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, and fear-mongering. He is the worst possible person to lead our country through a global health emergency, he said at the time. I'm not kidding. He really said, these, of course, this is all politics, and you understand he's going to say things like this to try and demean uh, the presidency of uh, Donald Trump. But uh, President Donald Trump was a great president, and the more he says things like this, I think it more enhances Trump's popularity among people like myself and others, and perhaps you. Joe Biden is counting on tens of millions of dollars in labor union contributions as he campaigns for a second term in office. He even declared himself to be the most pro-union president in American history. Yet even under Biden's pro-labor union policies and high-profile organizing efforts at, at stores like Starbucks, a small percentage of Americans uh, are members of private sector unions, only 6%, by the way. And that at any time in the past 80 years, virtually the only unions that are growing are public sector unions, such as teachers unions. One in three government workers is in a union. Nearly 90% of uh, public sector union members are Democrats. No wonder the Dems want the government to grow and grow and grow. <clears throat> Consolidation of power in the unions and public sector. Well, fiscal policy expert Paul Winfrey has been tracking the monthly budget numbers this year, and they are truly dismal. As we near the end of the fiscal year 2023, the budget deficit is likely to be $2 trillion, one of the highest ever. The red ink is likely to be roughly $1 trillion higher than last year. Uh, these results are a financial disgrace and even more evidence that Biden is vying to be the most fisc fiscally reckless president in United States history. Part of this is a, a lack of uh, revenue. Apparently, revenue is down more than $600 million from taxation. Uh, that's part of it, but also overspending is uh, a huge part of it as well. In any event, you expect uh, the president and the Congress to manage the situation and to try and watch their P's and Q's when it comes to spending. Not now. They don't do that now, and I don't think that's going to happen in the near future. At a time when the majority of Americans recognize the corporate media are dishonest, journalism tops the list of the 10 most regretted college majors, that according to ZipRecruiter. Uh, that's a survey from a November CNBC uh, republicized on Sunday. A whopping 87% of journalism graduates regret their degree choice with sociology, liberal arts, communications, and education next on the regret list. Uh, of job seekers with college degrees overall, 44% regret their chosen major. How about that after spending tens of thousands of dollars per year to go to college and taking out loans that apparently Joe Biden is trying to figure out how to forgive without the support of the Supreme Court or Congress? Well, the Texas Senate is going to convene Tuesday on an historic impeachment trial against the state attorney general, Kem Paxton, uh, who is accused of accepting bribes and accusing and abusing his office. 
His impeachment has split the Texans Republican Party, as evidenced by the 60 Republican state representatives who joined the 61 Democrats to approve the impeachment articles by 121 to 23 vote. Paxton, who's 60, spent the last decade at the, as the right's chief legal attack dog, fighting many of President Donald Trump's battles from Austin. Lawsuits to overturn the Affordable Care Act, legal protections for undocumented immigrants brought to the United to the U.S. as children, commonly known as Dreamers, and the results of the 2020 election made him a popular force for the right, even after he was indicted for uh, many of these crimes. <clears throat> According to the article, articles, Paxton used his power and office to help uh, a, a developer work through legal difficulties. They also accused him of accepting bribes in the form of renovations to his home and a job for a woman who he was having an extramarital affair with, uh, as he has been accused, alleged. The article said that when confronted allegations of wrongdoing, Paxton retaliated against whistleblowers in his office and spent government money trying to cover up his wrongdoing with a sham investigation into their claims. Well, Paxton, an <clears throat> extramarital affair will play a prominent role in the impeachment trial given his alignment with Texas Christian conservative voting and that uh, voting bloc. The affair is important because it goes to Ken Paxton's political strength, said Democrat Representative Ann Johnson. He knows that with his folks, he is uh, family values, he is a Christian man, and the idea of exposure and affair will risk him with his base. So you can see this is all kind of political. It's really too bad. <clears throat> fact of the matter is that he beat one of the Bushes for his job and beat him badly. And uh, now they're coming back. And again, it's uh, the rhinos in Texas are joining forces with the Democrats. Hopefully, this is an important case. It's really an important case. And hopefully he will prevail. Uh, if he doesn't, I hate to see the consequences here for Texas as well as the rest of the country. So hopefully he'll prevail. Uh, and his, by, his, uh, by the way, his uh, attorneys say this is all baseless. There's absolutely no basis in truth uh, for the accusations that have been made. Well, we'll see. He'll get his day in court, the court being, of course, the state senate. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. It's johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. <clears throat> Coming up, we're going to visit with Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our state senate president. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. 
Ulubi's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in the commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our Florida State Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. I hope you had a good Labor Day. I did. I did. It was quiet. Um, but that's good. It is good indeed. But Labor Day is usually the day that where uh, things begin to pick up politically. And I'm just wondering what you have on your plate in terms of how you're seeing going into uh, September and going into the elections. Well, um, you know, my role is, is kind of interesting in that I currently, in addition to serving as Senate president, um, I currently serve as uh, chairperson of the Florida the FRSCC, which is the Florida Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee. Wow. And our number one priority is for uh, election of Republican senators to the Florida Senate. Um, I, I will be turning that role over to uh, Senator Albritton in October because he will be succeeding me as president of the Senate uh, after the election. So we, you know, I've been working really hard doing fundraising and, you know, gearing up for uh the campaign season, and, uh, and and the two of us will be doing a lot of joint events around the state, um, you know, for uh, raising funds for our uh, election. And then, you know, and then our then then we sit down and with our campaign team and and throughout the fall and talk about strategy for next year. Uh, you know, we'll do some polls to see what are on voters' minds, um, and then we start putting together. Uh, you know, a whole initiative, which includes TV, uh, you know, radio, print media to help our senators get reelected next November that are up for reelection and uh, the ones that are term limited out to uh, uh, 
work on the campaigns of those individuals we want to take their place. So it's it's pretty busy. So in addition to that, I know I'm running on and on. You know, I'm, I'm sitting down uh, with my legislative priorities for uh, next session, and uh, we're we're uh, working on that. And then in the next couple of weeks, we have our legislative delegation meetings, which we invite the public to attend, and uh, the local governments and nonprofits and those who are seeking dollars from the state come and, and make their pitch, uh, and that'll be uh, next week and the week after. And then we're off to the races with committee weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> we have a supermajority now in the House and the Senate. <clears throat> yeah. I'm wondering how, what's your perspective? How are things looking going into uh, the next election cycle? I, I am I'm committed to keeping that supermajority. Uh, so out of the uh, 40 senators, we have 28 Republicans. And that's a, that's a good number. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, we have uh, five senators that are term limited out, but they're in, in uh, <coughs> a so-called red district. So we, you know, we anticipate retaining those seats. Uh, we may pick up a seat, but, I, I, you know, it's not critical. Right. Um, so, uh, but again, a lot of it depends on what's happening nationally. Uh, you know, our governor is still very popular in Florida, yeah. which is great. And uh, uh, he, you know, I think he, he's the one that, that brought in our red wave in the last election and, and uh, people um, are still flocking to him in Florida. Absolutely. And, well, he's, yeah. <coughs> he's done a great job, still doing yeah. a great job. I mean, his response to uh, the hurricane, I think, was just uh, terrific, as it always is. So I'm uh, just yes. very pleased with the role that he's uh, filled in terms of being our governor. Yeah. <coughs> uh-huh. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he, he is. And, you know, we, we've got some initiatives that we're working on uh, together. And, uh, you know, we'll... My my number one priority, I think you and know, I've talked about, is going to be some health care initiatives, mm-hmm. which is you know becoming a real crisis in Florida. Um, we just don't have enough uh, health care personnel, and so we're coming up with some creative ways to attract people to the state and to grow uh, health. We call them grow doctors. I love that, yeah. uh, and, and the like in, in Florida. So that's my big initiative this session. It's a big job because uh, right now uh, enrollment in uh, medical in healthcare positions is down. And uh, right, so, you know, it used to be when uh, I was a kid, uh, the doctors are making all the money. <laughs> now it's yeah. the, now it's the lawyers. The doctors are are kind of getting moving <laughs> towards the back of the line, which is really too bad because we actually it's it's not even the lawyers. It's the plumbers, the the contractors, yeah. the electricians. That are making all the money because they're so <coughs> scarce as well. <laughs> yeah, it is true. <laughs> Excuse me. Certainly. So, um, well, we just uh, I would I like to just make this comment. I think it's important to understand that Florida is a difficult market uh, in terms of for these elections. I mean, there's yes. major nine major sectors within Florida where you have to advertise. If you're running for office in in let's say uh, Massachusetts or in Boston, I mean. Uh, it doesn't matter where in Massachusetts, you have a couple of media outlets that you have to advertise on, and it's it takes a heck of a lot less money than it's going to mm-hmm. take in Florida. You're, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, it, you know, the, the markets of of Miami Dade and the Lauderdale area they're all they're all intertwined. Uh, Tampa's another big market, and it's very expensive. Um, one of our most um, it could be contentious uh, races is in the northern part of the state, Leon County, where Tallahassee is, uh-huh. and and those areas which are now represented 
uh, by Corey Simon, a Republican who is just a wonderful, wonderful guy, um, that market is less expensive because we don't have the big uh, uh, metro area. So I think we're going to do well. And he's he's really making a, you know, he kind of eked out that election because it is a pretty blue area, but he's doing such a great job that I, I think he's going to, uh, easily win re-election. I don't even think they'll be able to put up somebody credible against them. So, you know, that. but that market will, will, will flood the airwaves anyway. Uh, it's kind of a political statement, but it seems to me that the Democrats are having trouble putting up a credible candidate in almost any office right now. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I know you laugh, but it's, it's true. We have some really great uh, <coughs> candidates, uh, great members who... Um, are just working really hard. It's, it's unfortunate that the media just doesn't, uh, they, they keep uh, trying to find ways to bash the Republicans. And, I, and it's frustrating to me because I know what's going on. And right. when I read these articles, I say, well, what planet were they born on? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Kathleen Pasadena, our state Senate president. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here for our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Golf Shore Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, Gulf Shore Playhouse is building a 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center on three acres at the corner of 1st Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, the state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about this season's exciting productions, Visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. That's GulfShorePlayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They've helped prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you, sir. Thank you, Seton. And uh, many of our listeners may not realize, but uh, you not only are serving as president and founder of, the, uh, of Less Government, but also were a professional musician in your early days. And, well, uh, that's a stretch. But yeah. <laughs> well, in any event, uh, what'd you play? I think you played the drums and the. No, 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 no. I played guitar, piano, harmonica, and I sang and wrote the stuff. Right. Which is uh, yeah. Also did Jimmy Buffett, and he, we've lost Jimmy Buffett. To me, uh, he brought so much joy and so much, well, positive things to us. You know, his legacy is just immense. And I just wanted to get your comments and thoughts. Well, you know, I I wrote something in like five minutes for social media, and it, when fa- when I don't write about when I do something that's not about politics, Facebook doesn't block it, and and so when I put up a picture of my dog. It gets a lot of response. When I put when, and when I put up something about politics, it doesn't get any because they're blocking it. But anyway, I put this up and it wasn't blocked because of course it's not political, and it just got a very good response. So I just threw it up on Less Government. I'm like, well, it's a Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Why not? Yeah. Um, he, I, I wrote I wrote songs, so I I, I, I admired guys who wrote songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, um, and what Jimmy Buffett did was he created a, a a lifestyle music. He called it golf and western for the Gulf of Mexico because he was born in Alabama, and he was especially in his early days because before he got popular and he kind of got grooved into writing goofy songs like. Um, and he didn't just do that, but, you know, Margaritaville's kind of a goofy song, and Cheeseburger in Paradise is certainly a goofy song, but he wrote a lot of really good songs about kind of soci- social outcasts. I, 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 I say he kind of did a, he, he created a lifestyle music of, uh, you know, beaches, adult beverages, and low-rent decadence. Yeah. And he, and, you know, and, and my favorite songs by him were not the ones that were on the greatest hits. You know, um, Death of an Unpopular Poet's a great song about a guy, a guy who's a poet, and he's writing with his dog, and he's broke, and he dies, and then somehow one of his poems gets published, and he, he becomes this posthumous, massive hit, and, and he leaves all his money to his dog. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's just you know, Pirate Looks in 40 is a great song. It's, it, that's a famous one. Uh, uh, just about a guy who just didn't fit into society, and... And, um, you know, uh, all these outcasts, uh, you know, uh, Cowboy in the Jungle is another great song off of uh, Son of a Son of a Sailor. Uh, and it just, it just so brilliantly looks at different aspects. It looks at, it looks at a cowboy that got stuck in um, some Caribbean town because he ran out of money and he's just adjusting to life in the Caribbean town. And then the next, it's one of my, the second stanza is one of my favorite lines he ever wrote which was um he was writing about some tourists you know some some vacationers from the from the united states and he wrote trying to cram lost years into five or six days yeah and i i thought that so quintessentially you know captured the the american situation you know and it's just it, it, part of the reason i'm living in the caribbean is because i started listening to his stuff when i was really young and look, he wasn't a fabulous singer, and he knew that, but he, he, he wrote stuff that tapped into the psyche of millions. Yeah. And like I said, it tapped into the psyche of people who were trying to cram 
who wanted this lifestyle, but it, you know, not everybody can do that, you right. know. And and he and he gave them the escapism, and the and the and and he, you know, he he piloted boats, he captained boats, and he piloted planes, and he flew all over the world and sailed all over the world, collecting stories and then telling them. And it was just an amazing. You know, and then he he became a heck of an entrepreneur. I mean. He turned the lifestyle into restaurants and bars, and they're heck down here in Belize on in San Pedro, the, the tourist town on the on one of the islands off the coast. They're building a Jimmy Buffett resort, you know, a Margaritaville resort. <laughs> and, and, and and as you know, on the ocean side, there's a Jimmy Buffett retirement community. Um, it's this whole thing, and then of course he he um, his songs inspired a Broadway musical. And one of my favorite moments was he flew in to meet with all the bartenders and, and ushers and everything and said, uh, this isn't your typical Broadway show. You're going to have to let them dance in the aisles and stuff because this is not yeah. going to be your typical Broadway audience at, at, at this show. Um, you know, it was just an amazing, I mean, he, had, he was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he can play eight eight chords on the guitar. He's, he's better than that. Yeah, but you know I, what I'm saying. I do. Yeah, he was a well. You know, in in many cases, most of the uh, most popular musicians are not necessarily the most talented. I think he was a talented songwriter, quite frankly. Uh, oh, his he, lyrics were brilliant. What he, but he many did, what, of his songs, his lyrics were brilliant. Exactly, and to me, he celebrated. You know. What would it be like to just drop out? That was kind of what Margaritaville was all about. It was just to like uh, a lot of folks in corporate life were just thinking to themselves, "Boy, I'd love to." Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, no, it's, it's trying to cram lost years into five or six days. Yeah, you know, they they go they go to they go to Aruba for a week, <clears throat> and they you know they're 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 breaking their necks for fifty one weeks a year, and then they go to Aruba and try to make up for you know five or six lost years in a week. That's exactly um, right. And you know, it's just it, like you said. It's, it's it, there's a song on his first album. I have found me a home when he discovered Key West in 1973. Is, is the album, and it, it's just you know the days drift by. They don't have names. Uh, you know, it's just this whole. Oh, and my, you know, speaking of decadence, the first verse, the first entire verse of uh, trying to reason with hurricane season. Squalls out on the Gulf Stream. Big storm coming soon. I passed out in my hammock, and God, I slept a way past noon. <laughs> Stood up and tried to focus. I hoped I wouldn't have to look far. I knew I could use a Bloody Mary, so I stumbled next door to the bar. I mean, <laughs> it, it's like you, he, in, in that one verse, he's, he's he, okay, he's living on the ocean. Yeah. He's passed out in his hammock on his porch, looking at the ocean. He wakes up, he's hungover, and he goes right next door, which is where the bar is, to get a Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. classic. Well, and there's one song. So I love the song. It's the asshole song. Do you ever? Did you ever hear that? That's, no, no, no. Just Google it. Look it up. I mean, it's like, the lyrics are precious. <laughs> it's just. Well, are you sure? Was there was a song by Dennis Miller called "Asshole"? Was he covering that? Well, you know, I don't know who wrote it. I really don't. Yeah. But he sang it. Uh, with his band, and it was just fantastic. Uh, and by the way, the name of the band was the Coral Reefer Band. And and one of my my only connection to Buffett really <clears throat> was my dentist went to college with his piano player Mike Utley. Huh. Um, if you you know on the song Volcano when when he goes to the piano solo, he goes Mister Utley. That's that's Mike Utley, the, my 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 dentist roommate. 
<laughs> you know what? So I'm so pleased that we have this conversation because, I, again, I think his legacy is immense. It will live on for years. And, uh, you know, I recently lost a relative that uh, one of our comments was, uh, you know, what kind of a legacy did she leave? I, I really don't know uh, how important her life or the contributions she made to others. But Jimmy Buffett, there's no question about that. His legacy is It's immense. that great old line from Reagan about, I think, the Marines. He said, most people will go through life wondering what impact they've had on, on, on life. Marines don't have that problem. That's neither insane. Did Jimmy, neither did Jimmy Buffett. That's exactly right. Seat Motley, again, the founder and, uh, uh, founder and president of Less Government. You can find Less Government at lessgovernment.org, also on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Cheers. Thank you. All right. My pleasure, indeed. All right. We're going to visit with Linda Harden. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Barney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner, serving great breakfast and lunches for years, is now serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu is just terrific. The value is just unbelievable. Linda and I had a wonderful dinner there and uh, walked out and the bill was like $44. It's incredible. And that included a couple of beers. So 
again, Lulubi's Diner in the Great Tree Shopping Center. Just stop by and enjoy it. It's a great cuisine, great food, and again, great value. We have with us Linda Harden. Linda is my wife. She's also extremely well informed of what's happening here on the Paradise Coast as, a, as well as around the globe. Linda, thanks for joining us. Good morning. You know, I hate to be um, kind of, what is it, schadenfreude? that you talk about. <clears throat> Schadenfreude is when uh, you delight, take delight in somebody else's misery. Well, it's I'm not delighted that Jill Biden has COVID now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but I, I think it makes a point, doesn't it? I mean, uh, they're promoting these, uh, we're going to have these annual vaccines now. This is what Biden is pushing. And so get ready for the mask, get ready for the lockdown, all that stuff. And uh, get ready for annual boosters. And now she comes down. She's this, by the way. This is the second time she's had COVID, by the way. And and so, tell me why the vaccine is good. Well, I, here's the thing. I mean, the things that I'm reading suggest that uh, there it's is not. <laughs> it's not. Well, the uh, the risks outweigh the benefits. And uh, you've heard about the increase in myocarditis and other types of problems for people. Early- it, it it compromises your immune system. Oh, by the way, right. And so you know, there's early deaths that are happening as a result of this. Young people uh, between the ages of 12 and 20, for example, there's an increase in the mortality rates of these people. They, uh, you, you, dying from COVID at that age is extremely rare, extremely rare, usually with some sort of comorbidity. But irrespective, uh, the, we're seeing an increase in deaths. Now, it hasn't been directly linked to the vaccines, but that's one of the only variables that could exist that possibly could explain what's happening. You know what? It's, it's amazing to me that when the government tells you to go get a shot of, of uh, mystery serum in your arm, people just go blindly down the path and say, okay, okay, three bags full, yeah. and just do it. Like, I mean, it is so, I can't wrap my head around well, it. Well, so that is, my favorite cartoon is one mouse looking to the other. He says, no, I'm going to put off getting the vaccine until the human trials, the results of the human trials come back. <laughs> because there are no trials. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is we are taking this stuff in without evidence that it really works. It's unfortunate. It, it, it's just, it's criminal. I mean, yeah. it, it really is criminal. And, you know, all this, the, the CDC can't get out of its own way by by the way they've gotten rid of the uh, vaccine um, adverse effects t- uh, results so you can't even find that anymore I mean it's yeah. it, the interesting thing is I mean uh, to me at this uh, juncture with uh, of life here in the United States anything that the government recommends you should look at with a s- severe or ob- with a clear suspicion you know, and and I'll just I I'll just bring up this conversation that I had with a friend of ours at dinner one night, and and we were talking about abortion and and how um, it was after Roe vs Wade was overturned, and she said to me, she says, "Oh, well, the government has no business um, dictating, you know, what we should do with our bodies." I said, "They just did. They just told you to get a shot in your arm, and you did it." Yeah. And she didn't know what to say. Yeah. She did not know what to say. Well, again, uh, well, I mean, we all have our different mental maps on how we respond to things. Some people are very compliant and that go along to get along. That they can't have it both ways. Sorry, yeah, no, but uh, you got to pick up both ends of the stick, and ultimately, you're responsible for your own person. And for those that say I'm responsible for my own body, I agree with that. 
Uh, the question with abortion, of course, is that when does it become murder when you take, uh, take that baby's life? It, when, when does life begin? Some people say it's at inception. Other people say it's months after uh, the in- inception. But the point is, our courts have decided now, here in Florida, I think it's six weeks, of, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's 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 just insanity. Yeah. It's just insanity. The whole thing is insanity. And and for I mean, anyway, the other uh, the other um, sympathy note you'd send to the Bidens is I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Biden came out of whatever church or whatever yesterday. Why was he in church yesterday? I don't know. But anyway, he says, "Oh, I I don't have any home to go to because he says they're they're securing my um, Delaware home because it's not secure enough." Wait, what? He's got a Rehoboth Beach home. He's living at the White House. Yeah. This guy, he can't he can't you know, breathe without lying. He I, just can't. That I, that I was the point I was making earlier in the show. I mean, he's talking about uh, Trump had didn't build anything. <laughs> just. Obvious and blatant lies, and he just—I uh, don't think he can help himself. I'm, I don't. I, well, when is I? I don't. I can you name one time when he's told the truth? <clears throat> I mean, I think he wakes up lying. His whole life has been a lie, and and. Um, well, plagiarism to early in his career. I mean, all the things that have gone on. He actually withdrew from the presidency uh, race at one time because of plagiarism. Uh, this guy's been a blatant liar. The problem that the Democrats have is they have no bench. You know, they say if if, Joe, if not Joe Biden, then who? And they have difficulty saying who they'd like to. It doesn't matter because they have. You know what they have? The ability to steal the elections, yeah. and and they don't care if they put in um, uh, the Oz scarecrow. They've yeah. got ability to. Well, they pretty much did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to take a little break here, Liddy. Could you stick around? Uh, yep. All right, yes. we're going to have more here on the uh, Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes 
includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I wonder hearing that uh, Blue Provence commercial reminds me of two things. First of all, uh, Blue Provence uh, has been nominated by Wine Spectator magazine as having one of the top 100 wine cellars in the world. So I encourage you when you go by have dinner at Blue Provence, uh, think about dr- visiting the wine cellar and getting a nice bottle of wine with a lot of uh, wonderful choices. Also, Restaurant Week. They're calling it Restaurant Week, but it actually runs from... Sizzle Week. Sizzle, that's what it's called. It's running from September 7th through the 27th. Blue Provence is participating, and they're serving a wonderful three-course meal for $49 for dinner. And they're also... Uh, are they open for lunch yet? I'm not sure. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but... The, um, the loop de mer is what we always get there. It's yeah. so good. It is so good. Point being is that, and you can also, there's many, many participating restaurants besides Blue Provence, and I'd encourage you to go to this. Is it Sizzle Week? Uh, the S- website, and I, I don't have it here in front of me, but the point is. I think you can look up Sizzle Week. You can also look up blueprovence.com and see an ad for Sizzle Week. That's there. right. So uh, do, do look into it because it's a wonderful opportunity here in September to try some new restaurants with great value. So uh, don't miss out on the opportunity to visit new restaurants and uh, uh, enjoy Sizzle Week. Uh, uh, 7th to the 27th, I believe, is of, of September. So I forgot what we're going to talk about. Well, first of all, I, I remember what we were going to talk about. But first, I just want to throw myself um, a compliment because I I was in a battle with ESPN last night. And oh, that's right. This is pretty cool. I know. So we were watching uh, tennis, the U.S. Open tennis, and I, I wanted to watch Medvedev, the the Daniel Medvedev, the the guy from from Russia who is a very good tennis player. He's a arch rival to. Um, uh, Djokovic. Djokovic. And so um, they, long story short, they they had the... Um, Women the ma- on. The, no, wait. They had the match on ESPN. Medvedev and Scott, the guy he was playing against on ESPN, regular ESPN, right? Mm. So then they said, okay, we're going to switch to ESPN too because... The football game. The football game. And they, and they felt it was so important to have four talking heads talk for 40 minutes about this college football thing. So they switched it over to ESPN2 so we could watch the Medvedev match. And guess what? The Medvedev match wasn't on. They had the women's match on, who yeah. was, which was fine. Not what I wanted to see. You couldn't find the Medvedev match anywhere. So I got my little self on Twitter, now known as X, and I sent a message to ESPN saying, where the heck is the Medvedev match? You right. said you said this, and we can't find it anywhere. What kind of who's running your programming department that you promised this and and deliver something else? Well, I got so many people <laughs> to respond to that, and it didn't take five minutes for the Medvedev match to show up on split screen with the women playing. Right, well. and it was and it was like I I just said to you, but I said thank you America for or for you yeah. know following me because. 
and I got so many followers after that because people said, yes, I can't find it anywhere. What's going on with ESPN? Why are they so neglected? So I think this is an important, I never do this, but you do, and I really admire it. And the, and the thing is, you can actually have an impact on programming on the networks that you watch and the, uh, the cable news that you watch by simply making comments because they respond to it. It's important to them. And then when they well, well, here's the deal. ESPN advertises on Twitter. Uh-huh. So they put up their ads about what they're going to show. If you're going to do that, yeah. do what you say you're going to do and don't screw up and try to screw over your audience. Now, I don't know who it was... If it, who thought it was a good idea to put the women's match in place of Medvedev? Maybe it was some woke female uh, program. Well, it was a pretty. It was a good match. No, it wasn't. The, the, oh, it wasn't. Okay. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you have to. I mean. Yeah. Let me say this about that. Come to think of it, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the the women's matches are so much slower than the men's. The men's are slugfests. Right. And remember when we saw Daniel Medvedev? He was almost out of the the court he was standing so far back right. and he came back from two sets down and absolutely whooped this poor guy but i wanted to see it and th- and they when they first came on espn2 they provided no explanation why medvedev wasn't on they went directly to the women's match it was so amateurish so i i can only picture in my head that after not that I'm powerful, but hey, I got it done. Well, you are. You got it done, and it, you got it done. It, I'm sure your sole voice would have done it, but so many people were responding to it that uh, ESPN had to make a decision about well, that. Well, I can only picture that their, their programming department was running around with their hair on fire going, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to fix this? <laughs> and, and the picture of that happening just made my whole evening. It anyway, was, that it was, was great. But, so, hey, we're, we're now in the, in the throes of, in the 11th hour, as always with Congress, of having to pass a budget, and that's something that uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, promised that we would do. We were not going to go have more omnibus bills and extending uh, the mess we have, a financial, physical mess here in the United States. So we're, now we have the conservatives standing, uh, standing up saying, look, if you don't do this, if you don't uh, do what we, you promised to do, which he did, he promised to have a, uh, a budget, submit a budget for approval, uh, we're going to get rid of you. So he's in a tough spot. He's got to decide... Uh, what's going to happen here? And uh, I'm going to be very disappointed if well, the conservatives, of course, are pushing this. But I'd be very disappointed if we didn't come up with a budget to submit to the president. He's bought and paid for. Yeah. I mean, he's bought and paid for by Sequoia Capital and, and a bunch of other people. And oh, by the way, he also promised to release the J6 videos, which he hasn't done. Mm. And he's. Uh, this is another thing about social media. When I'm trolling these people, and I'm not the only one is that he's up there, um, as is the House Republicans, saying, oh, the House Republicans did this, and we did this, and we did this. I'm going, get off social media and go to work. You haven't done this, this, and this. And believe me, I, I'm, I am a, a voice in the wilderness compared to a lot of other people who are out there screaming at them. Like, for instance, Mike Davis, the guy who's always on he's Bannon. Great. And Bannon, by the way, who is absolutely beside himself every show with with the same the omnibus thing and all the things that Kevin McCarthy promised he has been pushing a motion to vacate on Kevin McCarthy for weeks now because he hasn't come through and McCarthy I have to tell you I watched um, Maria Bartiromo I don't know a week ago two weeks ago McCarthy was on it sickened me Huh. to see how condescending he was to her. He talked to her like a baby. And it was like, and, and he was like panting. He was breathing. Oh, well, I have to tell the American people. They think we're stupid. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned right now, as far as Congress, throw them all out. Throw them all out. 
because they are doing nothing for the American people. Zip, zero, not all they do is go on social media and, and try to get um, their little uh, hits on, on TV or whatever saying, oh, we should do this, this is important, we need to do that. And guess what they do? Nothing. We need, we need leadership is what we need. And we've got some leaders in Congress. I think Byron Donalds is going to be a great leader. I'm, wa- I'm wanting, yes, but I'm waiting for him to, to step up this week. I, I am. I'm done with the talking. Yeah. I mean, Byron is really great. He talks a good fight. He's on all the, all the media hits. I, yeah. Action. We the, need action. The other thing that's hanging fire, of course, is this impeachment inquiry with with a Biden. And uh, you know, some people They'll say, never impeach him. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if uh, there's enough evidence. Well, what do you want? I mean, my goodness, the evidence is so clear. Everybody can see the evidence. Uh, I don't understand why. Let, what's, let, I have a I have an idea. Let's see where all these people how they're getting paid. Let's see who's getting paid by whom. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm I'm serious. There is so much. Um, evil doing on Capitol Hill. It's disgusting. Look at what the story I sent you last night about what Laura Loomer discovered, that these Ukrainian people were on, on, on the grounds of the Capitol on, on January 6th. Yeah. Wait, what? What's up with that? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Again, Linda Harden, just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the, on the show. Uh, always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Never you. a dull moment. Yeah, right? Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests for tomorrow, including Bob Levy, the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. We'll be a visit with Bob about tort law. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. He had COVID last week, wasn't able to join us, so really look forward to his comments on what's happening on Capitol Hill and around the world. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, I hope you tell your friends. It's one of the ways we support our advertisers. So tell them about the show. And you can uh, hear it on BobHarden.com as well as many podcast outlets. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to the show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>